Hi, I'm Sean Newman, and I've been in the estate agency industry for over 30 years. And I'm really excited to bring this new show where I interview some of the top, most successful estate agents in the UK. Some are earning 10, 20, 30,000 pound a month. Some are earning 40, 50, even 100,000 pound a month in personal commission on a self-employed model. These agents will be sharing their story and their journey on how they became a state agent, the success they've had, and sharing their secrets on how they did it. We are seeing the biggest ever seismic change in the estate agency industry with more and more people becoming self-employed estate agents. This is a fantastic opportunity, not only to earn a a life-changing amount of money, but to raise the standards of estate agency in the UK. With these interviews, I'm hopefully these interviews will inspire you and encourage you and give you some useful tips and advice on your estate agency journey. I hope you enjoy the next episode and I look forward to seeing you soon. Welcome to today's episode. Today I'm joined by Matt O'Dell. In a previous episode, Matt explained about his success and how he's expecting to exchange on over £200,000 of fees. And today he's going to share some of his secrets and explain how he's done it. Hope you enjoy this episode. So welcome back, Matt. Um, Thank you for joining us. No problem at Um, all. Great to have you back again. Um, We chatted before about your journey and it was very inspiring and you're obviously doing very, very well, you know, expecting to exchange on over £200,000 worth of fees this year. I think what everyone would love to know is how do you do it? You know, what is the secret? So what can you share? What can you tell us that would perhaps help other estate agents out there. Sure. Okay. Well, I think the, the big thing is consistency. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that is making sure you do what you say you're going to do it when you're going to do it every week, every yeah. day, or however frequently you need to do this thing. Yeah. And if you do that all the time, then you build, well, trust. everything you're doing. Yeah, you yeah. build trust, you build everything. Um, so that is the, the big, the big thing. Number one, consistency is key. And when you say, you know, give me some examples of things because like surely other estate agents do what they say they're going to do, don't they? Or is that not the... Well, I mean, who am I to, to say anything about that? Possibly. I'm, I'm sure some of them do. Um, I think, you know, the big thing is, is making sure you're consistently following through with your marketing. You're making sure you're doing all of your follow-up with your current clients. You're making sure you're following up with new clients, mm. making sure you're doing all the, the basics all the time. Yeah. I think the big thing really though is lead generation. Yeah. You need to create leads. And if you yeah. don't create leads, what are you doing? Yeah. You've got nothing to work with very quickly. Yeah. So am I right in thinking a lot of agents make the mistake of getting busy? Yeah. Getting busy, they've got the listings, they've suddenly got lots of viewings to do, and then they've got sales to agree and sales to chase. And the first thing that stops probably is the the prospecting. Absolutely. And I've been guilty of it. Yeah. You know, I've seen it myself. And actually, you know, in my first year here. Know, six months of prospecting, going through everything. Fantastic. I've got a few listings going on. I've sold a few houses, got some sales progression to do. Brilliant. Oh, I'll pick that up again next week. Yeah. Uh, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Okay. We've gone a bit of time and then the completions happen and then the sales are all agreed and you've got no stock left. Yeah. And you think, oh no, I need to start prospecting. Yeah. But at which point it's too late. Yeah. Because then you have three, four, five, six weeks of quieter than you'd like. Yeah. And so... It's about making sure you find time to do these things because this is the most important thing. 
Okay. Well, that's that's a really important point. And, and if we could just dig a bit deeper on that. So what exactly is your prospecting process or what do you do? Sure. So in my diary every Monday morning, I have about four hours booked out in my diary before 12 o'clock yeah. to make sure I send out bits of content and letters to the properties currently on the market. Right. I find that actually second wave listings, I call them. So properties that have been on the market previously with another agency that haven't fulfilled their potential and um, that haven't been sold. Um, they're normally a pretty good place to start. So if you have these properties that are already on the market, well, you know, they want to move. Mm. There's no point sending 10,000 leaflets out to an area that is completely, you know, there's five houses for sale there because those are the 9,995 houses of not interested. Yeah. You know, so they're not the prime target. And even if they are calling you for a valuation, it might be just an idea of what the house is worth. Absolutely, they might be yeah. selling in a year's time. I mean, there's still potential leads for the future. Absolutely. But if you want business now. Yeah. If you want business today, then you need to be making sure you're knocking on the doors of and speaking to the people that are quite literally in the market. Yeah. Because they're the ones wanting to move. They are your next paycheck potentially. Yeah. And that's, you know, one way of looking at, at how this is, I guess, is, you know, they're the people that are going to earn you money now. Yeah. Obviously, you do need to make sure you are looking after the people that are going to earn you money next year and the year yeah. after. Yeah. But certainly when you first start out in in this industry as a self-employed person, you need to make sure that actually you are finding the now as well. Yeah. So that's one of the big things I do. Um, another big part of what I do, which is more of a slow burn, which took a long time to really get going, was the social media side of, of my business. Yeah, okay. So I do a lot of social media. Right. It's Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So yeah. all three of those have been quite important, I think. Yeah. They all service different markets as well, so different yeah. client bases. So what I try and do is um, post four or five times a week on all of these platforms. And it isn't just about a house I've currently got for sale. It isn't even about wanting a particular house. It's about anything to do with property, anything to do with the location that I look after, so rugby, um, anything to do with anything. It's about just being there. Yeah. And it helps to build trust, I've found. I quite frequently have people send me messages asking for advice on what would happen if I did this to my house? What would happen if this happened and five of the houses came up on my street at the same time as me going on the market? What would happen to the value of my house? What does all of this mean? And it's really helped to, to build an extra layer to my business that I actually, before this, never knew existed. Mm. You know, I was very much just used to working for the name above the door and that was it. I went out and did my appointments and that was it. <laughs> yeah. So now people are coming to you asking, you, you've become known as the authority, yeah. the person, the go-to person. If people have got questions, the, the Google, if you like, of the property market in your town where people are saying, can you give me some advice on this or, or that? So that's great. And, uh, and that's just by putting content out there on a regular basis. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a blog that I don't maybe update as much as I should do, but yeah. I do. Yeah. And that gets published all the time. So, you know, I do all of this and it's just about giving information. Yeah. And I find that the more information you give people, the more they remember you, the more they learn from you. And when people are, are sort of receiving gifts like that, I guess, you know, yeah. they're quite appreciative. Yeah. And they, they want to then deal with people that they like. Yeah. When you keep giving them stuff for free, yeah. they like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they want to give back, I yeah. guess. So 
I want to give a quick shout out to Chris Watkin because absolutely, you know, you use his content, yeah, don't you? It's amazing. And you've had some training with him. What did you learn from Chris? Yeah, again, it is very much one one of the big things Chris does, and, and you know, you look at the way he actually does it for himself. Is he just gives so much content for free, mm. and obviously he has his clients like us, I guess, mm. you know, they pay him for his content, but actually. A lot of his training he does. I mean, he's got like 18,000 videos or something that he just yeah. posts on YouTube for free. Anyone yeah. can watch them. Yeah. And they're really helpful. Yeah. You know, I've spent a lot of time watching Chris's videos and learning from that, learning how to do property market updates and learning how to record videos. You know, it's, yeah. it's, quite, it's quite simple really. But actually it takes a lot of training to, to kind of train yourself into it almost. Yeah. So yeah, massive thanks to Chris for, for giving us that. But yeah, a lot of what I've learned from Chris is just keep giving, just keep giving more and more and more. So coming back to the videos, I mean, what, look, I see your videos now, but what were they like when you first started in comparison? They were a bit clunky. Um, <laughs> I guess that's one way of putting it. Um, just very different, yeah. very different. It, it wasn't natural. Yeah. And I guess when you've done 250 videos or 300 videos or however many I've done now, you do just get used to it. Yeah. You know, and actually a lot of the, the times when I'm doing my, my videos of properties that I'm putting on the market, I quite often get, you know, a reaction from the client was, oh, you made that look so easy. Like, yeah, this one. Yeah. <laughs> the other 200. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should have seen the first one I did. Yeah. And it, it's just taken such a long time to to get to the point where I'm comfortable with, with how I'm I'm doing it. Yeah. But it isn't as, it wasn't easy. So you're, you're doing a video for every property that you put on the market. Yeah. Now, yeah. Every house that goes on the market gets a little video and they're not normally much more than a minute and a half to two minutes. Yeah. Cause I know when I'm scrolling through Facebook, if I see a video that's like longer than three minutes, I don't watch it. I don't yeah. even start it normally. Yeah. So I tend to find something short and sweet. You got to catch people's attention quickly. Yeah. And then people will watch it. Yeah. And my videos tend to get between three and 10,000 views quite regularly. Wow. So it works. And that's not just <laughs> three or 10,000 random people. That's probably targeted local people, yeah. but more importantly, not just promoting the house, you're promoting you as well. Yeah. So people who are thinking of selling are seeing you. Um, so it's clear that video um, uh, is, is an important part of your business. There's obviously a lot of estate agents out there, whether they're employed or self-employed, don't do videos for one reason or another. Um, probably fear, probably a bit nervous, a bit, yeah. you know, uh, unsure. Everyone has the same feeling that they don't look like the way they look or the way they sound. Absolutely. But what advice would you give to them about doing videos, how to do them and, and the importance of videos? Yeah, I, I think the big thing is just do it. Right. And I know it sounds really, well, I'm not confident. I, I can't just do it. Well, I get that. I couldn't just do it. I just did it. You know, <laughs> yeah. you make sure that you set your tripod up or whatever you're doing and you just talk. And sometimes it's easier to write a little script yeah. and to start with. I mean, I don't so much these days because I've yeah. got a pretty good idea of what I want to talk about. And I think it feels a bit more natural when you just talk about what you know. Yeah. But certainly when I first started, I would write a script or at least a few key points that I wanted to talk about wherever I was talking. Yeah. And it gave me a bit of a basis to work from from there. Yeah. And at least I knew that if I said what was on that piece of paper... I'd covered the important factors and sometimes I'd waffle a bit longer than maybe I should do. And the yeah. videos were a bit longer than maybe I wanted them to, yeah. but that just took time to evaluate what I thought was important in the video. Mm. And you know, 50 videos, a hundred videos later, they were very different. And again, yeah. now 
from video 100 to video 200 and video 300, the change has been dramatic again. Yeah. yeah. So I think important thing is just to do it. And you don't have to publish the first one. Yeah. I think if you just do it and get comfortable or less uncomfortable, I guess, in front of the camera, it helps. Yeah. The more times you do it, the more comfortable you feel. But then I guess there's a big difference between just recording a video and then posting it. Yeah. Because I know when I first posted my first video, I was thinking, oh my God, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? Do they think I look like an idiot? Do they think I sound crazy? Like, do they think I know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Of course I know what I'm talking about. I've been an estate agent for seven years by this point. But again, it's, a lot of it is just down to the voices in your own head. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is getting past yourself. Yeah. I found I was my own biggest critic. Yeah. Everyone else just liked my videos. Yeah. They thought they were cool. And probably don't care about the things that you don't like or... Absolutely none of it. Yeah. No. They yeah. just thought, they were like, oh, cool, Matt's in a video. Yeah. Let's watch this video. Let's look at this house. Yeah. I mean, you're no better than I do. Everyone just likes houses. Everyone yeah. so likes to see houses. Yeah. yeah. That's just a British thing. We just love looking at houses. Yeah. Yeah. When there's a video, it's even better. <laughs> yeah. And so obviously in a video on houses, that's great, but that's probably... I don't know, 10% of yeah. your videos. What's the, what are the subjects? What are the videos do you do and why? Sure. So every month I will do a property market roundup. It's quite facts and figures heavy. Yeah. But again, it's only about two or three minutes long. Yeah. And it just gives very much an up-to-date idea of what's happening in rugby right now. Yeah. So anyone that is genuinely interested in the local marketplace will watch this video and they will let me know their thoughts. Yeah. They will have a look and they will ask questions. Yeah. And quite often off the back of that video every month, we'll get people that I've maybe been to see over the last year or two years, yeah. contact me and say, okay, well, if that's what's happening now, what does that mean for my little flat that you came to see two years ago? Yeah. And so I can give them that idea and I yeah. can talk to them about that. Yeah. But obviously when you don't have that to start with, yeah. it's just a baseline of information. People are always wanting to know what's happening in their local marketplace. Of course. And it's a great way to open a communication now it's engaging people see the video on LinkedIn. They can just send you a message They're on yeah. LinkedIn. They can either put it in a public message or comment, or it could be a private message to you. Um, and it's, you know, a great way to communicate with someone people now using LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook to send messages. I mean, are you finding that more people message you on those other platforms? Yeah. Yeah. yeah certainly in the last two years that has grown exponentially. Wow. Um, I'm seeing, probably less so on Instagram, but Facebook a lot, LinkedIn a lot as well. Yeah. Um, just people interested to know what this latest thing means for them, yeah. you know, what advice I can give them about their problem that they've got yeah. um, and how we can help to, to help them move forwards yeah. with their, their journey and their goals. And so you're doing the market update, great. Anything else, any other types of videos? Um, yeah, a lot about, you know, little hints and tips on how we can make your home look better, how we can help you to improve your garden, how we can help you to do all these things. Um, yeah. And also just information on how conveyancing works, yeah. how to sell your house, yeah. how to actually get from sold to completed. Yeah. Just information. Yeah. People yeah. lap it up. They absolutely love to, to learn, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I was at school, I didn't love to learn, but yeah. people do. That's great. Certainly if it's something that is interesting to them yeah. and if they have an interest in it, for example, their house. Yeah. So I tend to find that people are quite receptive to, to that sort of thing. And the videos don't need to be long. Yeah. They can be 30 seconds. Oh, here's one quick tip about whatever. Here's another quick tip about whatever. Yeah. And if you just post them consistently, 
then they might not get loads of views, but they get views and yeah. then you have a history of them. Yeah. And if someone types in, you know, your name um, or estate agents in your town, you're going to be coming up and it's your videos that people see and then obviously getting to getting to know you really and obviously then trust you and, and you know, see you as authority figure. So that's great advice. Um, so video, social media, I'm hearing that consistently from a lot of top agents. What are the things, what are the secrets have you got? What other things can you share that you do that get the results in, in any, you know, obviously there's generating market appraisals, but you know, there's obviously the marketing, I mean, the fees, are you getting good fees and how do you achieve those fees? Yeah. So my fee is certainly higher than most of the competitors in my local town. It's probably not the highest, um, certainly not, maybe not quite as much as finding country, but, um, a lot more than, than most of the other agencies. And um, a lot of people will, you know, they go, Matt, do you, do you know your fee is more expensive than everyone else? It's like, well, yes it is. But if we look at the pounds, what value are you getting with that? Mm. And the cheapest fee isn't necessarily the most value. Mm. But again, it comes down to how you present that value. Yeah. Because if I'm going to see a 250,000 pound house and they get one person out offering them two and a half thousand pound fee and me offering them a 5,000 pound fee, there's a big difference there yeah. and they need to see why, what, what my value add is. Does my value add give me another two and a half thousand pounds and give them another 3000 pounds, I guess. Yeah. Cause they want to make sure that however much more I'm charging them, yeah. they're getting back in, you know, hopefully in more. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. And, but some people are looking for the cheapest. Yeah. I mean, what do you say? Someone says, well, I'm not paying Two percent. I only want to pay one percent or half a percent or whatever everyone's quoting. What's what's your? And that's fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. If if that's what that person's looking for, I'm not the agent for them. Yeah. I would much rather spend my time working with people that want to work with me, mm. and this is how I work. Yeah. And I think that person that wants to work with me and that will sign a contract with me and that will trust me to sell their home, they get everything from me. Yeah. And. Obviously, it costs me a lot of time and yeah. money and, and everything yeah. to get them to where they want to be. Mm. But it isn't even necessarily about that. It's actually about trusting each other. Yeah. And if you trust me to sell your home, this is what it's going to cost you. Yeah. But actually, it's about how we can work together to move forward. Yeah. So I would rather work with people that want to work with me. Yeah. There's 25 agents in rugby. There's lots of people that are going to offer different propositions, different fees. And if someone wants to pay half a percent, fantastic. I'm really pleased for you if you can find someone that gives you what you want. Mm. I'm not that person. Yeah. And so it's interesting because it's not about trying to win every listing. No. In fact, you've just got to decide which listings you want to deal yeah. with, you know, and I guess effectively you're turning business away. They say, well, I don't want that business. I mean, you could easily drop your fee and win that, but do you want it? Because I, I would imagine those people who want the cheapest fee probably going to be the hardest people to deal with and you know yeah absolutely there have been times where maybe i've thought well should i you know should i just drop it this time and then you actually think about it and go well actually how has my experience been with this person so far yeah how how is it going to be moving forwards and you know i'm happy to work with with anyone you know i, I don't care who you are and where you're from um as far as i'm concerned as long as we you know we like each other we, we trust each other mm. then we can move forwards yeah and you know, not everyone works with, with that boundary and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, I think it's just important to make sure that whoever you're working with yeah. 
you know, because this is a working relationship here. I'm yeah. working to sell your home, but I need you to help me yeah. as well to, to sell your home. I yeah. need you to do the things I, I ask you to do. Yeah. I can't do them for you. Yeah. I can't make your bed every every time I come <laughs> around and do a viewing. I, I can't put your underwear away, you know, and wash the dishes. I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. So really, you, yeah, if the house isn't presented and the, the owner's not prepared to invest in time and energy and making it look presentable, then you're on a, a uphill battle straight away. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I mean by building the trust because you know you have to well, you have to be able to sometimes give people the hard truths yeah and um i think people appreciate that like yeah. sometimes it might take them aback slightly yeah. and there's maybe ways that you word things to make sure yeah. that you give give it across in the right way but um yeah i think as long as you give people the honest feedback and, and the honest truth then actually you build trust straight away yeah and they do what you ask them to do 99 percent yeah. of the time Sounds obvious, but you're right. I mean, people sometimes just want to be told the truth. And, it, and even how well, it's hard to say it and sometimes it's hard to receive it, but you certainly appreciate it when someone's being honest with you. And if he's prepared to tell you the hard truth and and give you that tough love, you think, yeah, if this guy's being honest with me, that's what I need, someone who's honest. Not some estate agent who's going to bullshit me about how much my house is worth, how, promise me the earth, tell me he's going to sell it in a week for a price and then let me down. Um, tell me he's going to ring me every week and I never hear from him again. Well, that's um, it. Yeah. And, and I see it so frequently and circling back to what I said at the start of this, this episode here, that second wave listing is so important because a lot of those people have had that experience that you've just talked right, about there. Right. So many people do. And it's, it's actually, it's quite disheartening. It's to, embarrassing. To think about really, it. it yeah. is. Yeah. Cause yeah. I love what I do. Yeah. And I think I've been very fortunate to have fallen into this career. Mm. Now, I'll be honest, when I was 16 years old, did I want to be an estate agent? I hadn't really thought about it. Mm. Wasn't necessarily what I thought I wanted to do and where I wanted yeah. to go. I don't know what I wanted. Yeah. But at 17, when I came into this, I was very lucky that I, I fell on my feet straight away and, I, and mm. I enjoyed it. And it's almost sad to me to think that a lot of these other agents in town and wherever mm. else, you know, across the UK, maybe don't love it the same way that I do. I think in fairness to them, they probably do love it, but for some of them, it is a job. Yeah. And, and unlike you, where you're just choosing which people you want to deal with, choosing your business, setting your fee, they've got targets. They've got, you've got to get this number of listings and their one job because they're the lister is to go out, get the house on the market and do whatever it takes. Like if that means overvalue it, overvalue it. If that means drop the fee, drop the fee, but just get it on the market. And they are measured and monitored on how many listings they get. And so they've got to get them signed up. And I'm having conversations with a lot of agents that are saying, you know, why they want to join us or look at a self-employed model. And when I talk to them and say, well, how many listings are you doing at the moment? And often they're doing like 18 to 20 listings a month, yeah? And you, like, if you just said on an average working week, that's 20 days probably, and you're literally putting a house on the market every day. So to get one house, you might have had to do two or three valuations. And then, then obviously you're following up old ones. And then you just haven't got the time no. to, you know, maybe do the research before you go there on, on getting the pricing right. Um and then certainly the, the follow-up and, and the communication and all of those things. And actually that's not your job. Your job is to get them on the market. Someone else in the office's job to sell them or you just stick them on right move. And if it doesn't sell, then that's the owner's fault, you know, because 
you know, no one's calling. Um, and then you just ring, well, you just need to drop the price then. But you said, oh, well, the market's changed, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of agents want to do what you're doing. Yeah. And would love to have a bit more time with each owner and give them a bit more, uh, be able to follow up with them more. But it's, you know, they're, they're up against it with the amount of work they're expected to do. Um so maybe it's more the model than the individual people. You're probably not wrong there, Sean. You're probably not wrong. I think um, that that's certainly one thing that I found when I came into this role is all of a sudden there was a lot more time mm. in the day. I, I wasn't going out to see five valuations a day and expecting to bring two two on or three on yeah. um, of, of those, you know, every five valuations. Um, you had time. And actually that time was, was amazing because it allowed me to go out to my valuations that I did go to yeah. so much more prepared with so much more information with everything that I needed to be able to get the, well, to help these people to mm. trust me, to, you know, spend more them. time with them as well. Absolutely. You know, you get, to know, get to know people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, sometimes you think you've got another appointment now, you've got one at two, one at four, one at, th- you know, you literally onto the next one thinking about oh, I'm going to be late for the next one and I've got to ring them to let them know I'm away and I'm running late and you know the first impression is of the estate agent he's calling you to say I've been stuck in traffic or Absolutely. you know it's not it's not a great first impression but um okay well look any other tips that you can share on 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 how you're doing and, and why you're doing so well I think again the big thing is is just do what you say you're going to do yeah because that unfortunately is the one thing that seems to just not happen across mm. the board that's the one bit of feedback that i get consistently from that second wave stock is yeah. i haven't seen the chap that put my house on the market yeah. since he put my house on the market yeah we had three viewings in the first three weeks but we've had nothing for the next nine mm. and when i call the office i can't get hold of whoever it is i mm. need to speak to and they say they'll call me back and they don't and this and that and the other and i think it's, I mean, your life is so much easier if you do just call that person back. Yeah. yeah. Call them back. Yeah. <laughs> it's not difficult. Yeah, it's a familiar story, but maybe that we, we've highlighted the reasons for that. But I'll tell you one of the other thing, good things that you're able to do, which I think is good for you as the agent, but also good for the client, is that just dealing with one person all the way through, you're literally holding their hand yeah. from the day that you do the first meeting and market. In fact, then they call up or maybe they see your video message you say look Matt can you come out to our house to the day where you're helping them with the removals and give, collecting the keys how do you find that helps you in your relationship with the client and what does the client think to that I think it's it's just so much nicer for everyone involved mm. they know that you know the day before completion they're calling me to say right Matt what do you do with the keys okay well I'll come and grab them off you at this time brilliant and you bring the little gift around and they like it but they know that all the way through the process they can call me they can send me a message they can rock up at the office if they want to yeah. and they know they're going to be able to speak to me yeah. and if they can't speak to me straight away i'll always call them back yeah and that's been the one thing that i've really enjoyed over the last sort of two and a half three years that i've been working in this situation mm. is that you know it is me that meets them on the day for the valuation it's my face on the for sale board outside the front which yeah. isn't necessarily always a good thing pictures a bit better these days <laughs> um so we, we do that the videos and then i do all the viewings i deal with a big portion of the sales progression we've obviously got a team that helps with that mm. um but then it's me that's that's there the whole way through mm. and i've really enjoyed being a, a much bigger part of the process yeah and there are you know the, the, there'll be other people that say oh, oh we've got a better system in our office because We've got the lister who lists the house, the sales negotiator who 
deals with the inquiries and does the viewings and um, someone else who does the brochures and stuff like that. Um, and there is there are fours and against, but, you know, I remember looking at other models and, and where you imagine you're a lister. I mean, before, in fact, even when we had the self-employed model, we would share the commission between the person that listed it and the person that agreed the sale. Right. Um, and now it all goes to the lister and they deal with everything. But in the, and it seems obvious now, but you imagine as a lister, you've list, you've done all the hard work, you've done all the, the content to get the inquiry. You've got the inquiry, you've done the presentation, you've got the property on the market. You've justified your fee. You've, the price is right. You are doing some great marketing and someone calls up to, and they want to view it and someone else does the viewing and that person who does the viewing turns up late. And that person who does the viewing doesn't really know the house. They've seen it for the first time and they don't take the shoes off and they put some mud on the carpet or they don't mention something or they don't know something. And the client, the, the owner's there listening, thinking, oh, I didn't mention this. I didn't mention that. And these are the things I told the agent. Um, and then the agent does the viewing, doesn't call the owner with the feedback, doesn't, um, you know, follow it up. And then the lister is getting the call from the owner going, the agent turned up late, he got mud on the carpet, he didn't mention this and didn't get any feedback, blah, blah, blah. I'm taking the house off the market. Imagine if you're the lister, you've painful. lost all of that painful. Painful. So now you're in total control. If, the, if someone calls in, it's got, you know, your phone number, you know, they can call you direct or it can be directed on to you. You know the house better than anyone. So you can tell the inquiry, the person who's ringing about the house rather than someone going, oh, no, I haven't seen that one. You can be a bit more enthusiastic about the house because you know how good it is and you want to encourage them to view it. You can show them around. You can make sure you're there on time. You know what the, the salient points of that property are. You can call the vendor with feedback straight away. In fact, just do the, the basics. Yeah, it sounds obvious, Absolutely. sounds obvious. Um, but you're in control of all of that. And um, I think being in control and taking ownership and responsibility and the owner knowing that you're taking responsibility is good as well. And from your point of view, you're going to offer a great service because you want that vendor, that seller to recommend you to their friends, their family members, their work colleagues, everyone they know. All the mums on the school gates, exactly. you know, absolutely. And I think like you say, they're taking responsibility. That is a huge part of it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's making sure that actually you do do that. Yeah. You, again, you, you do the basics, you do what you say you're going to do and you do it all well. Yeah. Imagine if you're a, an agent or a lister in a, an environment where someone else is doing the viewings, you lose a bit of that control and, you know, maybe you'll be losing out financially if, if the, uh, the owner takes a house off the market because yeah. someone in the office hasn't dealt with an inquiry properly. Um, and I think it is better for the owner to have that one point of contact that they know they can speak to you in the evenings or the weekend. I know um, I certainly felt when I when I moved up from being just a negotiator once upon a dream to being a valuer, if, you know, one of these other firms along the way, I, I remember the, the pain, the frustration when that would happen, when one of the people that was out doing the viewings would turn up late or mm. they'd take the wrong key because they weren't oh. sure which one it was or one of a hundred things. And I just think if I was doing this myself, <laughs> this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And it's a, again, it's about taking responsibility. And you, you know, it is you that gets the phone call mm. that says, "Well, this person turned up late, and they, this person did this, they did that." Yeah. And it's it's you that has to take that responsibility, and you do have to take it. So, just thinking, someone in an employed role to go into a self-employed role, they may not be 
any different in what they do, but just by ha- them having more control might get a better result for them, for the client, for the buyer, for everyone involved, um, because they're not having to rely on other people to do stuff. Definitely. I always find that the more people involved, the messier things get. Yeah. So if you can you know, eliminate part of that, yeah. then it makes the whole process a lot easier. And I guess you would deal with less properties. I mean, do you limit the number of properties or do you have an optimum number that you want to deal with? Or? I don't necessarily limit them. You know, if I had one person come up to me and say, I've got five houses to sell, I'm not going to turn them away because that takes me over my quota. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I try not to deal with more than sort of 10 or 12 active properties at any point. Yeah. The pipeline maybe is a bit bigger than it normally would be at the moment due to some of the you know conveyancing delays and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, I try to deal with around that sort of figure if I can do, um, because anything more than that, I can't give everyone the service that I promised them when I sat on their mm. sofa with that cup of tea three months prior. Mm. I can't give them everything that I promised them. So I would much rather deal with fewer properties yeah. and and give them everything I've, I've promised. And get better results, yep. earn a charge a, a better fee um, because... You know, you're worth it and, and you value your yourself. And, and you know, the the, the, ex, the experience you've had now, of, of, what is it, seven or eight years now? Of, nine years, I think. Nine years of a state agency. You know, that's worth a lot compared to the person that's just started yesterday. Um, and all they're going to do is just stick it on right move and hope it sells. Um, but yeah, people have got choices out there. You know, Absolutely. they can deal with an experienced estate agent who's going to charge more, get them a better price provide better marketing. I, I know your negotiation skills are good. You know, n- not only do you negotiate a better price for the owner when it comes to selling their house, you want to get them the best price, but obviously you're negotiating a good fee for yourself. But I think a lot of this role now or in this industry is not just about sales. Um, it's more about marketing, um, marketing the property, marketing yourself, um, generating yeah, I mean, what, I think whatever industry you're in, you've got two jobs. One is that that job of whatever you're doing, and the second job is generating leads. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And and that's a new skill for a lot of estate agents. And I think it's not rocket science. And this is the interesting, all the things you've talked about today, I'm not thinking that's really hard. You know, some jobs you have to go to university for years or study and exams for years you know, a lot of this is fairly straightforward, common sense maybe, but you need to have the time and the knowledge. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I've just found it fascinating and interesting chat and I really appreciate it sharing what you've been doing. You've obviously been very successful. Keep doing what you're doing and, and thank you very much for, for sharing some of those secrets. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like more information about becoming a self-employed estate agent, I will add a link in the description. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.